opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong. As she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, I just have to do a little bit of sharing. You know, I don't share a ton on this show about my personal life, but I just literally walked back from an event in which a former Purse String guest was the headline speaker. Those of you who listen regularly to Purse Strings may have heard Jeffrey Tobias Halter. He's a former Coca-Cola executive who has just launched his own company called Why Women. And it's all about um, empowering men in sales organizations to really empower the women within their organizations as a way to build and grow their business. Anyway, um, Jeffrey was headlining to thousands of women across the country and overseas in London, um, public relations, advertising professionals, the majority of of course were women, because it was part of IPG's Women's Leadership Network. It's a quarterly event that happens, and and, uh, the Twin Cities chapter was hosting the speaker today. Anyway, it was a pleasure to meet him. I don't often always meet my guest in person. So it was a pleasure to meet Jeffrey and to catch up on everything about why women. And that's the letter why women. I do encourage you to check it out. It's a great company, a great concept. And um, I wish our friend here from Purse Strings uh, much continued success with that. So Jeffrey Tobias Halter, thanks again. It was, it was a pleasure seeing you today. Okay, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about the greening of America. Um, Those of you who listen know that I love Stuart Elliott, and uh, of course, he's come out with another great article in the New York Times, this one from just last week, and it's all about Glad's new product, and it's all around this new, greener, taller uh, garbage can uh, bags. Well, at the end of the day, what he's saying is that even though this was kind of a really big step for GLAD, they, they really wanted it to be more tangible, more um, something achievable for people. And so they called it small steps rather than giant leaps. And uh, the idea is that many of us who would love to be green uh, have really kind of fallen back into our regular versions of products because those tend to be less expensive. So even though we have the best intentions um, in our hearts and minds, um, when it comes to our pocketbooks, uh, not so much. So uh, with that in mind, Glad Products has decided to introduce a version of its Glad Tall Kitchen Drawstring Trash Bag and really promoting the fact that it's made with with less plastic. 
So really not that it's going to change the world, but guess what? Yes, you can do this little thing. A small change equals a big difference. That's actually the theme line of the product. Uh, The strength with less plastic, stronger with less plastic waste is the whole concept. And it kind of echoes what Cone Communications and Echo Research found out this month when they did a survey. And they found that 81% of respondents said that companies had a responsibility to address key social and environmental issues beyond their local communities. And they would actually buy a product with an environmental benefit. Uh, But again, they want to pay with their pocketbooks, right? So they want to do something that is achievable. Well, glad. It's going beyond just the advertising, and they are launching a section on their website around kind of trash, trash smart, if you will. They're also introducing an iPhone app called Trash Smart, and it's all tips on recycling and composting. And they've also partnered with the Association for the Advancement of Sustainability and Higher Education and Keep America Beautiful to go onto college campuses and talk about recycling and reducing waste. So clearly a multi-layered campaign but the idea according to their green marketing manager is every small step really does make a difference and so we're not trying to change the world here we just really want to make some trade-offs that will ultimately help us all keep waste out of landfills but according to the marketing manager consumers who buy green products Products don't want to make any trade-offs, and so in the end, they're going to get a stronger bag. It also happens, though, to have less plastic. So a subtle message, but one hopefully glad hopes ends up paying off for them in a big way. Well, our first profile today is the Gucci girl. She's a single woman in her late 20s, early 30s with a higher income very focused on fashion. There's nearly 2 million of these women out there, meeting age of 29, college grad, single and employed full-time, of course, no kids, and making, like I said, a pretty healthy living, uh, more than 90000 a year. They keep up with fashion. Uh, fashion magazines definitely influencing what they buy. Uh, they do like novelty and change, like to switch up their look, um, always looking for new styles. They like to go out and just shop whether they buy something or not. It really doesn't matter. They're ambitious and money-driven, they say, wanting to get to the top of their career. It's important to them that their family and friends think that they're doing well. And they are willing to try new stores and brands and not particularly brand loyal at that. Um, Coupons will draw them in and they will shop discount. Um, They love to entertain and uh, really have a a close circle of friends, like I said, who are very influential on them. They're shopping at Neiman Marcus, Banana Republic, and Taylor Express and Nordstrom's. They're they're, uh, driving cars like Infiniti, Cadillac, Jeep, and Mercedes. Um, they're not, they're buying not so green products, I would say. Uh, of course, Clorox has its green version. Uh, Clorox is a favorite, as is um, Lysol and Palmolive and Tide. Uh, and what they're buying when it comes to designers, of course, is Gucci, because after all, this is the Gucci girl, Kenneth Cole, Calvin Klein, Chanel, and Estee Lauder, and Vera Wang. So where can you connect with the Gucci girl? Well, of course, she's reading all things fashion, right? So she's reading glamour, in style, allure, shape, vogue, self, cosmopolitan. She's watching E, VH1, MTV, Bravo, HGTV, and Lifetime. And she's online at um, eBay, USA Today, eHarmony, iVillage. Well, my guest today uh, knows a lot about public 
speaking, and not only public speaking, but the persona that you want to present when you're in front of a large group. Jill Foster has founded LiveYourTalk.com. Jill herself has been cited by Forbes Women as one of 30 women entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter. And again, she is the principal of Live Your Talk. Uh, you know, a lot of her work has been seen in a lot of the publications that are probably among your many favorite, like the Washington Post, Huffington Post, Washingtonian Magazine, lots of other media. And Jill really believes that strong communities come from strong conversations and therefore, of course, you know, enforcing that public speaking skill. We're going to be talking about what it takes to be an engaging public speaker and why it's so important, especially for women, when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jill Foster. She's the founder of LiveYourTalk.com, and she's been cited by Forbes Woman as one of 30 women entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter. Who knows? She could be live tweeting right this minute. Jill, welcome to the program. It's so fantastic to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Really great. You know, we don't 
often take the time to talk about public speaking on this program, but it is so critical. Uh, and I'm sure you clearly think it's critical. Otherwise, you wouldn't have founded Live Your Talk. Tell us a little bit about, about your organization. You bet. It's do you ever have one of those dreams, uh, Maria, that just sit on your mind for years and then, bam, you realize it's just time to do it? That's what starting this business was like for me, starting Live Your Talk. And bottom line, my main mission is providing speech writing, editing, and coaching services, especially to public speakers in the social tech industry. And I would imagine the social tech industry can be complex to talk about, hence probably why your skills are very much in need. It, it, it's, it, it can be complex, but the industry can change so quickly. And so providing not only coaching services to help these leaders and these thinkers engage from the stage, but providing writing services, too, can really help because, you know, their minds are going so quickly to try and uh, stay ahead of the game in their field, which really emerges a lot. Absolutely. And that, I would imagine, uh, trying to stay ahead does really accelerate the mind, right? But when you're speaking, you have to be ever-present. And I know you work with people on bringing their presentations to life, really owning the stage. Mm. Do, you, do you feel like women have hurdles in this area that maybe men don't? You know what? It's, it's a strong question, Maria. And certainly, I don't want to overgeneralize. Certainly, both genders have challenges because, you know what, we're all human. But I tell you what, from my experience, I see two issues crop up a lot for women speakers. And number one is uh, women tend to want to pursue perfectionism from the stage versus just really choose and own a particular point of view. And by that, I mean uh, there's an assumption a lot of the times with the women I collaborate with, that their fund of knowledge needs to be absolutely 100% encyclopedia-centric perfect. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that often can prevent them from, you know, auditing their fund of knowledge, choosing that unique, distinct point of view, and then owning it and engaging with audiences through that. So that's number one. And then number two, just briefly, is a lot of times, and this isn't necessarily conscious, a lot of times women will have an uptick to their voice, which means they will conclude a lot of the time declarative statements as if it was a question, as in, mm -hmm. hello, Maria, versus mm -hmm. hello, Maria. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And then, of course, that leaves the listener to think that she's not being decisive or definitive, I would imagine. Mm -hmm, you bet. That's a natural line to draw for the audience. And to be fair, from, from the men that I also collaborate with, uh, men and women, there seems to be one universal challenge, if you will, whenever they're starting out to prepare for a presentation, and that is this. It's a biggie. It's a big one that I'm on a quest to help absolve, and that is whenever they're first starting out, they place expectations on the audience. As in, an example, they want the audience to see them as smart. They want the audience to see them as an inspirational speaker, or they want the audience to see them as provocative. And you know what? That's all a human tendency, but ultimately, that is addressing our egos as speakers versus really looking at the audience first and looking at how we can benefit them with a particular idea or mm -hmm. fund of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And um, 
can I say one more thing about this issue? Are you itching to get Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I am totally agreeing with you. Continue, please. You bet, you bet. And so with that context, I think especially when people are initially brainstorming and fleshing out a talk or a keynote, they can let their ego get away with them versus really owning the fact that they are mentors for a particular idea. And just for your listeners, an incredible resource about this public speakers as mentors mindset. Uh, Nancy Duarte wrote a book called Resonate, and she really fleshes out and tackles this idea, and it's really wonderful, and I offer that as a further resource. Resonate. I'm writing it down now. Thank you so much for that tip, listeners. Resonate. Um, now, clearly, you know, you've done a very good job of kind of outlining our challenge uh, when it comes to the female gender, when it when it comes to maybe owning that stage. But I would imagine that in some cases, female speakers might have a few advantages over their male counterparts. You, you bet. You bet. And two things immediately come to mind, and that is... You know, especially once women move beyond the initial phases of preparation, and they do tend to really dive into the more concrete material and even the creative type of preparation, they really begin, Maria, to empathize with their audience experience. And I start at this stage in the game in collaborating with them, I start hearing phrases like, hey, Jill, I think if I slow down here, I'll be able to impart this particular frame of meaning more to the audience. Or, hey, Jill, I think if I reword the third act, I'll be able to really clarify my point better. better. And frankly, that stems from a really empathetic frame of mind. I see that a lot in women. And number two, uh, I I see women, not that men don't, but I do see women caring from the get-go that they provide a high caliber experience for their audience. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of high caliber experiences, anyone that ever saw Steve Jobs talk always talks about what a compelling speaker he was. And it's sad that he is no longer with us. Um, who do you feel are the most dynamic speakers out there today, both from men and the female perspective? Gosh, if only we had three more hours to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> You're like, come on, Jill, punctuate, punctuate. Sure. Uh, Jobs, and I, I certainly have a few, and I want to dive into that. Jobs was fantastic, and I, I think it's also worth celebrating, Maria, that he was gifted at providing context and message to his storytelling. He was a dynamic individual, certainly, and that came across clearly from the stage. But I think the ability to provide audiences with context, specific storytelling, and specific message really helped give flight to his dynamic nature. So I don't think that dynamic strength stands alone. And then in terms of some fantastic folks, there were so many, certainly uh, Cheryl Sandberg at Facebook, There's a Dr. Jill Bolte, it's B-O-L-T-E, Taylor. She's actually a brain scientist, but she has spoken at the great storytelling venue, TED. And her video of a talk in the past few years has been highly circulated, and it's just really penetrating. Uh, Sally Hogshead 
Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen Sally talk. She's very compelling. Yes, you bet. You bet. Consistently. So uh, good old guy Kawasaki. And um, could I toss out one more? Absolutely. You know who I really appreciate on an ongoing basis is Liz Strauss. And Liz comes from more the social media, social technology side. But she regularly engages audiences through a unique, it's almost hippie-like, but she's focused, if that makes sense, unique type of storytelling. And she compels audiences a lot with her unique um, strategic mind. I, I think she's worth watching. Good, good people. Good, good, uh, good people. A mix of people I know, some people I don't know, but some people I'm going to look up after this. I'll tell you that. Super. Uh, you know, you clearly look at um, helping instruct people command the stage, right? Yeah. But the stage these days isn't just in front of a live audience. I mean, for sure. so many of these folks, it's it's being twenty four seven available, whether it be via their blog or tweet or uh, Twitter or Facebook. What do you advise for navigating the public stage, both offline and online? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number one word that comes to mind, and I know it's used oh so much in our climate these days, but it is to be authentic and as responsive, as authentically responsive as possible. So if you're engaging people on a particular social stage, whether it be Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or respective private groups, public groups, whatever, if people reach out to you, that ultimately is an investment of attention, uh, attention, excuse me, right? And that's worth responding to as if they were eye to eye before you in a live audience. In that same vein, uh, if we look at it from a public speaking, you know, live stage perspective, certainly the audience that's there before you eyeball to eyeball is priority at the same time. And I think you alluded to this really well. We are in a climate where there are, you know, live audiences either on a live web stream or, you know, the Twitter back channel that are engaging with our ideas in live time as much as our live audiences are. And as much as I prioritize the eyeball to eyeball audience in front of me, it's worth really working with your event planners or colleagues that are backing you up on a respective keynote or respective, you know, speaking event to ensure that those other audiences are being engaged and honored with attention. Mm-hmm. Good points. We're going to take a quick break, Jill, but when we come back, I do want to hear your specific tips for making a, a presentation memorable. And when I talk about the presentation, I am talking about on the stage, not Twitter or Facebook. Okay, let's be clear. More Great. from Jill when we return after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. 
working out or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today is Jill Foster, founder of LiveYourTalk.com. Jill specializes in helping professionals in technical fields engage through public speaking, and we've been talking about commanding the stage when you're literally on a stage, but also keeping in mind that you want to be in command of any stage, a virtual stage, whether it be Twitter or blogging or Facebook. But when it comes to actually making an impact from a real stage, Jill, what are your tips for making sure that presentation is memorable when people leave? Mm, mm. That's a, a great one, and Another word that comes to mind along with your quote memorable is resonance. And so I want to come at this with two things to really help increase resonance with whoever is listening to you. And at the top of the list is to ensure that you are beginning and ending your talk with distinct meaning for the audience. And by that, I mean, number one, let's say you take the stage. And this might sound a little bit silly sometimes, but I can't tell you how I see heavy-duty keynoters do this. They'll take the stage. Let's say I'm taking the stage, Maria, and I'll say, hey, great to be here. You know, I love baseball, and I sure do enjoy the World Series. Hey, go team. And, you know, they'll kind of do a little bit of rambling and trying to affiliate with the audience, and then they'll dive into the core, you know, tenor of their talk. I really suggest auditing your remarks, auditing what you're going to say before you take that stage and ensure that you are beginning your talk with distinct meaning, as in take that stage and say, I'm convinced that a fantastic way to resonate with audiences is to publish a podcast or whatever your main message is going to be. And then secondly, in that same vein, do not let Q&A with an audience Punctuate your talk. Certainly allocate that time and engage with audiences through Q&A. But as Q&A is wrapping up and you feel that last question, wrap the attention, direct the attention of your audience back to your core message and impact of what that message can create for them before letting them leave that room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do a lot of media coaching for our clients, and we always call it bringing it back to your 
to your key messages, right? That the things that you want to make sure those people leave understanding. Um, and yeah, no matter what's happened in between, you always want to bring them back to that. And it sounds like kind of like-minded there. I would imagine, especially since you deal a lot with people who work with technology and have to take really complex things and drill down and make them more simple for the rest of us to understand, sure. what do you do if your content is really complex? Sure, sure. No, that's a fair point. At number one on the list, and this is from a preparation point of view, whenever you're looking at a complex set of data, be clear to yourself with one sentence of the purpose of your talk. Articulate the purpose of your talk literally in one sentence. And I propose this because many times I'll sit down with, you know, brilliant and well-meaning individuals who are grappling with the material you describe and they will be in conjunction frame of mind. And by that, I mean, I want to talk about this Jill and this and this and this and this and this. And then I want to talk about this. And, you know, they just keep saying the word and. Mm -hmm. And so to really help hone in on direction and overall arc of meaning for a highly technical talk, really force oneself, force yourself to articulate purpose in one sentence. And then also, as you continue to flesh out the talk, Maria, I highly suggest that you think in 10-minute increments. I mean, maybe you're just doing a lightning talk that will just be 10 to 15 minutes long. That's great. At the same time, let's say you're crafting a 60-hour keynote. The live audience brain of you know the people before you will absorb information in roughly eight to 10 minutes. So ensure that every eight to 10 minutes you have either a a breather or you ask a question to the audience or in some way your sections of data are divisible by eight to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Now, do you think that those, the eight to 10 minute sections can be punctuated by the use of maybe multimedia, like the, the, the introduction of some video, you mentioned a question. What do you think about multimedia in general? Is it a distraction? Can it be supportive? Mm, Do you know what? Yes, it can be supportive (laughs) (laughs) to overall message. It certainly can diversify experience for the audience at the same time. And I just say this with great respect. It can be easy to let, let's say, a video embedded in your presentation or a photo essay be the voice that ultimately you should be. A lot of concern I have sometimes is people will insert a great video clip in their presentation and it will be, you know, two minutes long for, let's say, a 10 to 15 minute talk. And that really interrupts the engagement and forming trust between speaker and audience because, hey, they're watching something else for too long of a time versus being guided by you. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I agree. I think sometimes it can be distracting if it's not well used. Um, and the other thing that can be distracting too, and I mean, I'm, I'm a person that speaks a lot with my hands. You try to pin my hands down. I honestly don't think I could get through a single oh, sentence. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm using my hands right now. I'm not even on the stage. Sure. What about body language? Um, clearly, whether we're on the stage or not, I think it's something that any of us who speak in front of groups or even in front of our own spouses probably would love to know. What's your take on body language? Mm. It's valuable. It certainly can humanize expression and to help. Body language can help frame meeting. It can 
help further engage the audience at the same time, Maria, clarity of mind and clarity of message trumps body language. And I find, and this is a little bit of a blanket statement, but I, I do find that a lot of people will start talking with their hands, talking with their hands, and excitement is a part of it, but not knowing when to close or punctuate their message is also a part of it. Like if you and I were having coffee one-on-one, we would be you know, leaning in, we would be holding each other's eyes, and we would know generally when to punctuate our message because the adrenaline would be at a different level. And so this is all to say with body language, I, I would practice uh, on stage as much as possible to get a sense of how you can respond and that lifetime adrenaline, and observe what you do via video and audio too, to get a sense of how your voice is acting, how clear your message is, and what your body language is doing. Mm-hmm. Good, good points. Well, we're already over time, although I could probably talk to you for another half hour. Jill, thanks for being on the show. How can people contact you if they're listening today and, and really want to make sure that they get smart about how to be smart on stage? They are welcome to contact me anytime at liveyourtalk.com or certainly on Twitter, Maria. And my handle is Jill Foster on Twitter. Wonderful. Jill, thanks again. I wish you continued success. I know at least a few people who could benefit from your, uh, <laughs> from your assistance. So, uh, and I'm one of them. So thank you so much. You are great. Congrats on Purse Strings. It's just wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We have a good time here for sure. George, my producer, is awesome, and uh, we have a great time. So thanks for being on. And everybody listening today, check out LiveYourTalk.com and join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And until then, make it a great one. Thank you.